Hello, everybody. It is your favorite host here, Tino Killed It, with another episode of What the Fuck Am I Doing With My Life? Um, this is now part three of my part four series, uh, talking about my writing formula and the artists who have very much impacted, uh, my journey as a musician. Um, in the previous two weeks, I talked about J. Cole first, and then I talked about Kendrick Lamar last week. So this week I am talking about Aubrey Graham, Drizzy Drake himself. Um, whether you are somebody who loves him or hates him, he is somebody who has made a very very, very big impact on pop culture um, over the past decade. And so, you know what I mean? Say what you will about the guy, but um, he started from the bottom. Now he's here. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm going to catch so much backlash for that. I love it. Um, But before I get into that, uh, something that I wanted to talk about is coming up on June 5th. It's a Saturday. Um, I am going to be hosting a music and comedy show. So Tino Killed It Presents Love to Laugh, which is going to be held at Love Nutrition uh, in Tracy, California. So the address for that is 2706 Pavilion Parkway, space number 105. Again, that is 2706 Pavilion Parkway, space number 105. And yeah, so um, it's $5 to end, or I mean, sorry, if there's a couple ways in which you guys can enter. So um, if you are a Tino Killed It Patreon and you are subscribed for the $5 uh, Patreon, um, you automatically do get access to the show. Um, and if you are not, and there's still another way you guys can enter. So when you guys, uh, arrive at the establishment, you guys will just make a purchase of $5 or more, um, from the love nutrition. So they have plenty of, uh, different, like, uh, lift off teas and like, um, boosted teas and, uh, and like protein shakes and stuff like that, but they're all like really delicious stuff. So, um, I actually became a really big fan of like Herbalife nutrition, um, during the pandemic. Uh, so I used to go to this place called blend all the time in Sacramento. So shout out to my blend family. Um, and they really got, uh, like me, my boy, Mitch and my home rack really got us on the right track as far as just like trying to kind of be a little bit better about what we intake. And so, I mean, in other ways we definitely weren't, but uh, this was definitely like one way it really helped. And it helped me a lot because, um, I'm a, like, I, I was like a really big caffeine addict for like anybody who really knows me knows like my love for soda and like energy drinks and God, I used to put myself through the ringer, but, um, it's actually really thanks to like Herbalife uh, nutrition that I've actually been able to get off of that. I have not had an energy drink throughout the year of 2021. I think in January was the last, uh, like was when I started, like I started fresh since then and haven't even thought about having one. And honestly, these Herbalife nutrition, like teas were like the biggest thing that really helped with that because, you know, when I would be feeling fatigued and everything like that, these teas would, you know, really like lift, lift me up. And so, um, I, I definitely like work with different uh, Herbalife Nutrition shops and trying to help and supporting their business and what it is that they're doing because they're all entrepreneurs just like myself um, who are, you know, running their own business and their own establishment um, and also trying to kind of make, you know, like America more healthy. <laughs> so it's like, why wouldn't you want that? And so uh, definitely you know, big supporters. So shout outs to Love Nutrition for even allowing us to have a a show uh, there. And so, you know, if you guys want to come in, please just make sure that you guys purchase from them because I promise you what they have there on that menu is delicious. All right. Again, that's on Saturday, June 5th and it starts at 5 p.m. 
2706 Pavilion Parkway, space number 105. Okay, I'm sorry. We'll get into the show now. So, we are talking about Drake. Man, what a guy. Um, <laughs> no, um, I I know that like when it comes to Drake, the, the guy... Get, does get a lot of flack from a lot of people and honestly it isn't something that I, I can really understand because I just feel like the biggest thing that people don't like about him is the fact that he's so melodic and that, and that's really it because you can't say the content is what does it right because what is it it's that he's like a little lover boy like he kind of like it's like bro LL Cool J did that shit like 20 years 30 years before he did and yeah granted LL got chastised at the same time for it as well but he didn't shy away from it um and the thing is like LL was able to reinvent himself when he came back with like um mama said knock you out you know what I mean and was kind of able to you know solidify himself you know to the point that like you look at it now like in the early 2000s like LL really still made music that appealed more to the female demographic because you know what females pay more at the end of the day like they are way better consumers than males like you know what I mean like and that that's just that's actually just really statistically true like I'm like I'm not even like trying to sit there and take a bash at that but like that is very statistically true if that if you look at consumer rates um female consumers of anything right of any sort of thing but especially with music are more are higher paying consumers than males. And so that's a really good stat. And honestly, that's why LL like continued to make music like that. And that's why you have like Drake who makes music like that too. Like you pander to that demographic. Why? Because that is your highest paying demographic. <laughs> they keep you very well fed. They take care of you. And honestly, like I definitely can appreciate female love. You know what I mean? more than like, like love from a dude, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not even trying to make that like in a way to be like sexual, but, or make it sound that way. But, um, no, it, it's just, but that's kind of the reality of it is what, like you as an artist, when you start looking at it, like females are just overall, like sometimes better fans than males. Now that doesn't mean you want to neglect males and that doesn't mean you want to stay away from them, which I don't think Drake does that. I don't think Drake has ever done that. If you look back on his music, trust me, there, there's plenty of stuff there. Like, you can't say the dude doesn't rap. Like, you can't listen to Drake and be like, yo, that fool does not rap. He just sings. It's like, yeah, he can sing, but, like, you listen to him actually rap, like, he can rap. So, so really, what's the gripe? Like, I, I, that's the part I don't get. He found a way to really mesh the two worlds. You know what I mean? Like... LL tried to do that, really got chastised for it and had to more solidify himself as a man. And even in a time where hip hop started to change, then he was able to, you know, make things that were a little bit more tailored to females than males. You know what I mean? Like, like there are no dudes out there who are slapping Paradise by LL Cool J featuring Amory. You know what I mean? But I guarantee you, you check like some females like summertime playlist somewhere <laughs> randomly, you'll probably find it in there. And it, and it's a continuous listen from them that that comes up. I know if I I know if I play Paradise by LL Cool J featuring Amory, I, I guarantee I'm gonna get more females to a stage dancing than I would get males. And honestly, that that for me that's a way better time. You know what I mean? So like that was something that like Drake really taught me was that he was so secure with his masculinity 
was that he was able to make music that were going to tailor to women, knowing that if there was dudes who couldn't like that and appreciate it and respect it, that was more on their own insecurities than it was on him. Because at the end of the day, he was still rapping. He was still, you know, putting so, like parts of himself in the very hip hop essence of it. He just mixed in melodies so that way it would attract a, a different demographic. And that was something that like, you know, it's not like he was the inventor of that, right? Because like I just said, LL Cool J was somebody who was already transcending in there. But then you also look at somebody like Kanye West, who like after uh, graduation went to 808s and Heartbreaks. And 808s and Heartbreaks was like super crazy at the time because he, especially for someone like Kanye, who's not that strong vocally. So he had to use very heavy auto-tune, right? Because he saw T-Pain using it and was like, that's cool. And I can make that make me sound good to that level. And so once he did that, you know what I mean? It created a new sound. And it's funny because um, Drake really goes on record to like give a lot of homage to Kanye West for like a lot of the influence. And if you look back on uh, during the times where like Drake released, fuck, what's the name of that? Um, I was just listening to that project. Um, the God, why I don't know why I'm blanking on this right now, but um, uh, so far gone, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, um, on so far gone, right? He had uh, say what's real, which was um, say it's real by Kanye, but he used the beat and he rapped over it, and um. Dude, the way he rapped on that beat was like nuts. And it was just it w- and it honestly felt like it was just him being honest, bro. And like it's funny because again, there's like you as a musician, you do put a lot of yourself in in, in these bodies of work. But the thing is, you do put overly fictitious stuff. And you know why? Because I don't want you to be able to tell what's real and what's not. Like I want, I want that bit of ambiguity. I want the fact that nobody could ever know what's real in my life at the same time, right? There's that secrecy shield. If I put so much into one track, you don't know what to take from it. So you're just going to take the whole thing. So I'm giving you a whole experience, whether it's my full one or if it's parts of mine mixed with others, like I'm giving you a full experience regardless. So, um, that was something that like, like Drake, I feel like does a lot and like, and like say what's real, you know what I mean? He does like the whole thing. He was like, um, and I can't imagine how, cause I just see my ex girl standing with my next girl standing with the girl that I'm fucking right now and shit can get weird unless they all down. And then like, and like something like that to me, I was like, yo, that's sick as fuck because like, I don't necessarily know if that situation would be real, but like looking at it, right? Does that seem so far-fetched? No, it doesn't. Why? Because Drake has a high female demographic and there probably are a lot of females out there who would love his attention. So to probably think that he's like his ex-girl standing with his next girl standing with the girl that he's fucking right now, it's like that doesn't seem as far-fetched. Like it might be a flex and, and honestly, like that might annoy some people, but like that ambiguity of not knowing is is great because for him as an artist, he was able to put himself out out on a line like that and you don't know what to take from it. So you just take it for what it is. And so as like, as Drake started progressing through his music, he realized something 
that was very, very essential. And it's that as sounds change, you do have to adapt yourself. And it doesn't mean that you have to change who you are as a person. It's actually quite the opposite. Being yourself is the most important part of making music. Like that is absolutely the most important part because the moment that you are no longer yourself, it shows in your music. And I like, I don't care what anybody says. Like, that's exactly why artists lead to their downfall so quickly when they get so far invested in like the music business. It's because they lose themselves. And when you lose yourself, you lose your music. So knowing who you are is the most important part before you go into music. Because again, as sounds are going to change, you do have to adapt with the sound. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to change who you are as a person. So, for example, with Drake, like, he came in and he did uh, Take Care, or he did uh, uh, Thank Me Later, and then, which was a really strong debut album. Like, when he came out, right, he, like, had songs on there, had hits for days. And then it was kind of just like, how is he going to top this? And then he did Take Care, which I don't care what anybody says, Take Care is a fucking classic. You look at the numbers it did. You look at everything that it transcended. That album was phenomenal. Like, and it was like a 20, 22 track album. Like it was fucking long, but like, it was amazing. It was just an amazing body of work. And you can say whatever you want after that. You know what I mean? Like say, say like it's not, but you're lying to yourself. It was highly successful for a very big reason. Um, and then it's kind of just like, how do you follow that up? And that was a big like shoe to fill. And it was like for him to do that with, um, uh, what's it called? Nothing was the same. Like it took me a really long time to fully appreciate nothing was the same. And that's because again, it came after take care. Like it would always get over, like it would always get, um, just overviewed. Like, I don't even know what's the word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean? It's just, it, it was, it wasn't a thought in my head. Um, because I would always listen to take care. I listen to take care so much. Um, and during the pandemic, I really revisited, uh, I really, I really revisited, uh, fucking (sighs) the album we're just talking about right now. Um, and so as I was listening to it, it's really funny because I, I do remember during that time or like, right. I don't know if it was in the midst of that or if it was right after the album dropped. But it was then that he dropped uh, zero to one, uh, zero to one hundred with the catch up that came at the end of it, um, and that right there was a huge part of my twenty twenty. When I when I listened to that like verse from the caught up portion of it, um, I man, I that that right there like it it really like kind of like triggered something in my head. And it's because he talks about it in the verse and he really just starts talking about the fact that it's like he spent so much time worrying about like what people were thinking about him because he would get all this criticism and all this stuff. And it's like, I'm constantly trying to sit, like, I'm constantly looking for feedback and trying to prove people wrong. Like, um, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you really do get caught up in that, right? Everybody's feedback is something that you like are so just adamant about. Um, but the thing is, again, losing yourself in music means you lose your fulfillment from it, right? So if you're making music that you, that it doesn't appease you at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you're trying to appease. It doesn't, it doesn't matter 
because that shows. And I think that that was something that Drake learned really quickly at that time because it was from that point he allowed himself to be completely commercial. He allowed himself to be as marketable as marketable could be. Why? Because he found his ways to get fulfillment in it, right? He got more vocal. He got more like um, trendy with a lot of the styles and the cadences and everything like that. And more so now, you know what I mean? You guys see it like he does a lot of different like styles with his rapping and it's like it doesn't miss. And so like some people are over it, right? Some people, you know, lose sight of it, but that's okay because at the end of the day, that's not what it's about. It's about you being happy with the music that you're making and whoever rocks with you rocks with you. And so like he was very much somebody who was just like, I'm not going to, you know, stick myself in this bubble and try to be more of one thing than the other. I'm just going to be what I want to be. You know what I mean? So um, he does this like interview where like I I was watching a snippet of it actually came up on my TikTok, funny enough. And, um, he he was talking about where he was like, you know, um, that's why I can do like a one dance and that's why I can do like a, you know, like a, like another song where it's like, he raps a little bit more hard or like things like that. He can do multiple things. He is multifaceted. He doesn't have to, you know, confine himself to just one skill set. And the thing is, that's why, like, when I look at take care That's why I loved it so much because there was so much variance. You couldn't get tired of the album because whenever you thought you were hearing too much of one thing, he found a way to switch it up. You know what I mean? And he broke that down to even the features and stuff that he has in it. And and the same can be said for More Life because I love More Life. Like that's like one of my personal favorite Drizzy albums because I listen to it a lot. Free Smoke is like my fucking first like start running song. Like that gets me going every time. Um and it's because, like, again, he can just remind y'all when he when he wants to rap. If I feel like rapping, I'm just going to rap. If I want to sing, I'm just going to fucking sing. And and I don't care if I end up singing for months on end, years on end. Because the day I want to rap again, guess what I'm going to fucking do? I'm going to rap again. And then I'm just going to just keep doing that. And guess what? It's going to hit every time. Because it's just pieces of me that I'm giving you. And you guys love it. So, thank you. You know, like it keeps me going. So um, that's why like Drake was such a huge like part of that way for me, because as I started going through the pandemic, that's when I kind of was looking into my sound and I was looking into what could I do to further progress my sound. And so I know when I wrote, I wrote Beneficial first, um, And so when I wrote beneficial, it was funny because the beat was there and I just kind (laughs) of instinctually just, and it's funny because I heard it more as like an R and B song and I just kind of, and it was funny because I was thinking in my head, I'm like, you know what? I could hear like Keith Sweat on this. Like I was then like, you know, like, and then just like, oh my God. (laughs) And so like it, at first, that's kind of how it started in my head, but I knew if I could kind of keep that melody, but make it rap, that's what the modern sound is, and I was like, it just has to be appeasing to the ear, but if I make the rapping my kind of rapping, the rapping that I feel fulfills me and speaks to my writing, then I've kind of fulfilled both both sides, 
right? The the side that's going to appease the, uh, appease the masses, but the most important side, which is what appeases me. And so um, that's why it's like, as I started writing it, it was just like, oh my God, baby, who's you? Shady got ass and it's knowing how to move. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> my paws are so attached, man. Here's a blues clue. Like, <laughs> and like, um, and, and funny, I, I, I remember that um, when I first showed uh, my boy Cam, Fly Richie, when I showed him that song, he hated that Blues Clues line. He hated that line so much, but I kept it. I was like, yeah, I like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's something now that, you know, it, it does kind of get stuck in the head. Like when, when people hear that song, like I'll hear them say that part, like that beginning four, like that beginning four bar sequence is like, um, like kind of a catchy part also with the beneficial, oh baby beneficial, like it, it's catchy. And so that was the fulfillment I got out of it was just, I made something that was fun and something that people could dance to. And like, that's, that's kind of a cool feeling. You know what I mean? Like if I play that at a party or something, I don't feel like people are going to look around and be like, what the fuck is this shit? You know what I mean? Like if I play that shit in a party, like people are going to, Hey, you know, like, um, and that's cool. Like that, that, that's a really good feeling. (laughs) So, um, as the, as the, like the process of the album for Hollywood continued, Goddamn was the second song that I wrote. And that one was a little bit, that one started out a little bit more rapping for me. And it wasn't until we got to the recording process where it became a little bit more singing than I intended it to be. Um, because like when I wrote it, it was just like, is your body made of iron? Like it is so enticing. Like I was going to kind of just try to find a way to finesse it a little bit, I guess. I don't even know if that was necessarily the way I was going to go with it, but it was something in the direction of that a little bit more stale, a little bit more, you know what I mean? Just kind of just hitting the words. Um, and (laughs) I had gotten a little bit more comfortable with my singing voice at some point along the way. And so when we were doing the recording process, like I was high out of my mind, (laughs) I know that. And, but when I, but when I went to go do it, like I I felt that take, I felt that take so well because I do the verses in one takes and unless I need to break it up, which I don't think I did that at all for the album. I'm pretty sure they were all one take, like the verses and then the court, the choruses were one takes as well. Like not saying I did it in the first take, I'm just saying they were just done in one take. I didn't chop it up. But, um, when with goddamn, I just remember, uh, getting to the vacancies, lay them all out and won't trace the scene using our body to create the dream. Tell me if you hear me though. And I remember hitting it like that and being like, I have never sang it like that. I was like, I never practiced it like that. None of that. Like to have that much vibrato in those lines as I was saying them, was not something that I had practiced or even had any intention of until we heard it back. And I was like, that's the fucking take. (laughs) I was like, that is the take right there. And like Mitch was like, yeah, I agree. And, um, it really changed the whole dynamic of the song because, you know, it did become more R and B, you know, like, and, um, I love that. I love the fact that there's a little bit of ambiguity in my music even furthermore, because, there is no right box to put it in, right? Like I have to categorize it as hip hop and R&B. But at the end of the day, like my voice kind of flexes over 
into different sounds and something that I'm kind of transcending now. Like if you listen to Jameson, which is another song that I dropped that isn't going to be on Hollywood, but it's just a single by itself. Um, that's a song that I wrote, you know, a couple years ago when I was first kind of experimenting with like songwriting, but even then I didn't sing it like how I did when I recorded it because I've been getting more comfortable in my singing voice and, and more in my, my bass lower tone. So like, um, you know, Jameson was definitely something that was kind of a start to that. Um, and being able to kind of make those, you know, similar sounds. And I, and I, I think in my head, I was thinking a little bit more like Everlast, like when I was thinking the song. Um, but the rapping was a little too smooth for that, you know. It's like, your body astounded, your ass is real rounded, swimming in a pool and currently I am drowning, moving in a wave, you knew you had me surrounded, higher than the tides, but your body keeping me grounded now, hola, hola, which, like, when you think about it, even that, like, right there, like, that rapping part was something that was really dope for me because that was kind of my ode to Kendrick a little bit because, you know, like, um, he does the song, uh, swimming pools where it's talking about like alcoholism and getting stuck in it. So it's like swimming in a pool, your body has me drowned. So it's like, I'm drowned in your love. You know what I mean? Like I'm drowned in like the love that I'm calling Jameson, you know what I mean? Like, and so it's like, um, swimming in a pool, you knew you had me surrounded higher than the tides, but your body's keeping me grounded. Like meaning the more that I'm indulging, the more that I'm actually sinking deeper in. And so it's really deep when you think about it from that, but I didn't intend to make it sound like that. I wanted people just to hear it and be like, phonetically, this is, or sonically, this is really nice and something I can, you know, really vibe with. But like when you really break down the lyrics of it and listen to it for what it is, you kind of are just like, whoa, there was a lot more to that than I thought. And that's the part of me that I'm giving you. Right. Like that is the part of me that I'm giving you. And so when you listen to it, it's kind of just like, again, you don't know what parts to take from it and what parts not, because there are parts of it again that are super fictitious. So where there are bits of my truth in there, there are also parts of it that I just know are going to relate to certain crowds and certain demographics, because those are the people that I want to impact the most and feel that I can. So, um, it's definitely like, it's definitely like, you know, a, a really big process. And, and so I had said it in last week's episode and it's really crazy cause I said it super casually, but when I listened to the episode back, it kind of really resonated with me once again. And it's just being an artist is a very emotional process. It, it's something that you, it, it's so hard, dude, because if you're an insecure person, if you are a person who does not think highly of yourself and think that you ever have the ability to make music you're living, you're not going to because it's literally what music requires you to do. It requires you to give in to everything. Like you have to completely surrender that thought and you have to start really thinking that you're capable of everything you want to accomplish. Like you absolutely have to, like, I'll tell you right now, dude, like I am now like in my first full year as a full-time musician <laughs> and as big of a fucking struggle as it has been giving into this shit has been by far the best decision I've ever made in my life because of the level of fulfillment that I'm getting out of it. I wake up every single day just getting to create music and getting to create content. 
like that is such a blessing. And regardless and whether or not like my income is sufficient, like I'm able to live within my means, like the business is up. I have numbers moving forward. So maybe they're not where I need them to be, but guess what? They're trending in the direction that I need it to go. And so by getting this business up and floating, like I don't need it to be like the all time high. I just need it to get me to live, right? That's all we're doing. We're all just living paycheck to paycheck. So why not do it doing something you fucking love? And that's the thing, right? Not everybody loves it, but I had to really give into this. And like something you're going to hear me say on the album and it, and it's something that I, I truly mean. It's like, if this game were to kill me in the process, then I'd let it. And it's like, I know that that sounds crazy to say, but like, that's how much I love music is that I would be willing to take my life for it. And that's, I'm not, it's not a cry for help. And that's not to say that, you know what I mean? Like something bad is to happen to me or anything like that. But what that is to say is that in the event that God forbid something were to happen to me related to me being a part of the music game, so be it because I couldn't live anymore not giving myself into this. Like it was killing me every day that I wasn't doing this full time, a hundred percent of the time, because it's the thing that I, that brings me the most fulfillment. And especially because I was so lost in a job that required so much of my time, my patience, my energy that I didn't have any time for myself to, to create and bring fulfillment to myself. So I had lost so much of myself in this job, this job that honestly, I was giving so much of myself to because I thought that what it was going to bring me financially was going to help me in being able to pursue what was going to bring fulfillment to me. And the thing is, it never got to that level. It never did. Every time I climbed, No matter what that paycheck looked like, it was never going to get me there. And that was for more things than just the actual salary amount, right? Because um, honestly, I had put myself in a whole bunch of debts and things that I had to pay back because just ways that I handled situations financially as well. So there is a lot to be said on my part, but that's why it's like I really had to like when I made this decision, had to commit to bettering myself because if I didn't do that in every way, then this wasn't going to work. Like you were going to have to talk like this is your, this is your livelihood. This is your life. Now you are giving everything to this, like a hundred percent of yourself. So, um, I did like, you know what I mean? I really did. I, I, I committed to like changing my body and like, you know, getting myself right, both mentally and physically and, you know, working on the sound and, and working on bettering myself like vocally. You know what I mean? I, I train my voice every day. And it's again, it's something that brings me fulfillment, right? Like to most people, like when they have to go and practice and do like rehearsals and stuff like, like that, it, it's it's tiring for them. I don't get tired of it. I love doing it. Right. Like one morning I can wake up and be running through like an acoustic set that I've been putting together. But then like, you know, as I'm in the shower, I'm running through like some of the the new material that I that I plan to release for the summer. All while like when I get out and I'm like having a session, I'm working on my battle material and, you know, I get to work on a a lot of different things and it fills out the course of my day before I know it, man. It's the end of the night. Like I've been up since 6 a.m. and now it's already 9 p.m. Like, Jesus, where did today go? 
You know what I mean? But so much has been accomplished and now I can rest easy and go the next day. And here's the thing. I don't require eight hours of sleep every night. Like anywhere between six to eight works for me. Like some days less, you know what I mean? And some days more, but like, I've definitely found a good medium, you know, and, and kind of just working within my space. And, um, and I've definitely developed a, a, like a rhythm, you know what I mean? Uh, I I don't know what, again, what the word I'm looking for, man, I'm really like drained on words today, but, um, I, I definitely just found like some sort of like schedule that works for me. And so like a lot of that really had to come with just finding who I was as a musician. And I think within starting like those first two songs of like beneficial and goddamn, like it really kind of tailored out how the rest of the album was going to go because as things were kind of progressing throughout the year, I did have a lot of highs and lows, but I wanted to make sure that it was evenly, evenly distributed throughout the course of the album. So you definitely see the trends as they happen. So, um, overall visually and just how I have it all together, it's really phenomenal. And that's why Drake is such a huge part in that, because if I didn't learn to get comfortable in my voice, to be able to, you know, be very melodic and being able to really find a way to give more of myself into music by doing it vocally, like I wouldn't have as much fulfillment out of it as I do now. Like, I, I can't wait to show this project to you guys. Like, as long as it's taking, understand that is because I want it to be visually perfect for you guys. And there have been a lot of setbacks and a lot of other things that I probably could have done. But because I want to do it this way, I'm willing to wait on that because I know it'll be worth it in the end. So um, that's really where a lot of that comes into play as well. But just, and you know what I mean? So that's why like, even again, like kind of tying Drake back into this, like look at what he's doing with certified lover boy. He's at a point in his career to where he can release something when he feels the need to. It's when I feel it's ready. Yes. Album is done as far as like the content and work, but the overall vision, everything else with it isn't like, that's the part that I want to make sure is visibly clear when I push it out. Not to say that I'm on the same level as Drake, but here's the thing. I, I don't need that success, right? Like creating music is my job. It's my livelihood. I'm building my sources of income to keep my business afloat, right? The music is for me. It's my fulfillment. So I don't have to sit here and rush releases. I don't have to sit here and feel like I need to release a a track every week because one of them's bound to go viral. I don't need to do that. I, I don't have any desire to do that. I would rather just wait and release music that I feel very happy and proud about and perform it for a good deal of time. You know what I mean? Go out and do shows, tours for it, like promote it, you know, like what musicians should do and can do on their own without a record label. (laughs) But again, you have to give all of yourself to it to make it work. Because trust me, every plan that I've had Like there have been so many plan B's and plan C's and another plan after another plan. Like it's never going to be your first plan. I promise you that. But as long as you just keep rolling with those punches, like you will find a way, dude, like absolutely find a way. And so that's why I just had to, all I had to do was commit to being me more important than anything else. So it definitely required a lot of me finding myself and I still currently am. 
You know what I mean? I'm nowhere near the person that I want to be like, and I'm constantly learning more things about myself every day. Um, but again, allowing myself to give more of myself into my music was not something that I learned until there was a Drake involved. So definitely something to keep in mind there. All right, let's bring this show on home. So what I'm going to leave you guys with is another Tino Killed It world premiere. Um, this song was actually something that I had performed for the very first time for Born Evil Studios for a virtual performance that I did, which you guys can find on my YouTube channel at TinoKilledIt.live. You guys type that in your Google browser and it'll take you right to my YouTube channel. Um, and you guys can see my performance there as well as some other songs on there, um, including another one called Reckless Behavior that um, I have not show so yeah just a couple little teasers that are leading up to the album that will be dropping very very soon so this one right here is called coast got there's so many things i want to do to ya there's nothing new to ya but if i plan to do a line is that cool with ya or is it nuclear i don't know girl why i'm so in tune with ya so musical, but I wanna be by your side, wanna be by your side, so girl just grab my hand and we can just coast, down the avenue, be back in a few, or we just coast, go to the park, we'll be home for double right now, coast, going down the street, are you down for me, we can ride tonight, it'll be my ride or die, man, either is fine with me, can you got me feeling lucky? Destination unknown, I just want you involved Got a tank full of gas and someone beautiful My world been completed since my scene has been beautiful Booty calls, ignore that Two-seater, two-heated, baby, just relax Top back with the candy paint No time for the scores, at least the bangerang We be saying some things up on the center state I remember the moment while we be switching states She controlling the ox, so let us syndicate While we out here making up words to keep us entertained It's the little things and the way that you look, I think I might have found it Smoke a little, high ground in Kick my feet up and turn it all the way and just Coast, down the avenue Hold up, hold up, coast Go to the park, we'll be home for dark Coast, going down the street Are you down for me? We could ride tonight, I'll be my ride or die I mean, either is fine with me Girl, you got me feeling All right, so next week we get to finally close the chapter, the part four out of this four-part series of this writing formula. And I know what you guys are thinking. Who could number four possibly be? And the funny thing is, if you know who I am, then you already know the answer to this question. It is no other and the guy who is not a businessman, but a business. I'm a hustler, baby. I just want you to know. 